0: Hello, and welcome to our podcast called the Virtual CISO Chronicles. In this podcast, I interview a virtual CISO to talk about cybersecurity, entrepreneurship, and business. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, a software platform exclusively for virtual CISOs. Virtual CISOs are cybersecurity professionals who consult with companies to build their cybersecurity programs. To tell you a little bit about me, I have over 22 years of experience as a startup lawyer, and I like to think of myself as an advocate especially in the fields of data privacy and cybersecurity. But I grew up in an entrepreneurial home, and I absolutely love listening to people's stories. So I started this podcast to feature people who are working hard in cybersecurity to make the world a better place. Our guest today is Scott Kanaus. Scott, thank you for joining me, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Caroline. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here.
0: Well, it's an honor to have you, and to get us started, you know, I like the background question. Please tell our audience a little bit about yourself, and if you can try to include something that's non-security related, please do so.
1: see, a little bit about myself. So, um, I guess throughout my career, I've kind of fallen into cybersecurity in a couple of different ways, Uh, computers in general. I I started my tech career uh, with the Navy, the U.S. Navy, uh, Mm. as a nuclear reactor operator, and Uh, I was on submarines for several years uh, and while I was on submarines I had a problem with my knee and they had to take me off the submarines. Um, while I was in what they call a, a limited duty status uh, I had a friend that I was that was also in limited duty status she had just bought her new first computer uh, and she had some weird problem that coincidentally I had seen previously on my new first computer uh, the week prior so I told her how to fix it. Hmm. Um, so naturally she came to work the next day and I was a computer god, to her, right? because I knew how to fix this one problem. Right. Well, uh, she transferred to uh, the shore command uh, the week before I did. So when uh, I got to the shore command, everybody there knew that I was the computer guy when I walked in the door, but I, I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I just I just kind of took it and ran with it. They they put me in, in IT. Uh, I was there for two years. By the end of that time, I was a uh, I was running the division and installing networks and building things from the ground up and learning everything as fast as I could. I absolutely loved it. I just ate it up. Um, from there, I, I got out of the Navy and uh, was contracting for the Navy. Uh, did that for uh, almost 15 years uh, in and out of uh, Norfolk. Uh, was the, uh, in the network operations center for the fleet out of uh, Naples, Italy for almost 12 years.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, lived there in, in Italy for quite some time. Uh, had another uh, gig in there for a little while that wasn't quite computer stuff, but for the most time there, I was in the operations center. Uh, left there to work in what was probably uh, the most fun I've ever had in a job. Uh, we were the, was the red team for the Navy. So we basically had to sit in the little dark room on the shore and break into systems on ships. That was tons of fun. Um, from there though, I, I got kind of got caught up in uh, the sequestrations of uh, 2013 and got laid off. Hmm. Uh, From there, uh, I left the government contracting thing and worked with Red Hat. Uh, One of my other passions outside of security is uh, Linux. I love working with with Linux. So uh, I saw the opportunity to jump and work with Red Hat and stayed with them for um, a little over six years uh, and did the same thing. I was back and forth between the US and and Italy. Um, Weird thing about me, non-security related, I have moved a lot. We made four transatlantic moves in the course of about three years once.
0: Okay, so Italy is one of them. What are the it other was always groups?
1: Italy to the US. Okay. Yeah, we went, yeah. So oh, wow. we were in Naples, we moved to Williamsburg, Virginia. Then we moved to Northern Italy. We were there for three years and we moved back to the States for about a year and a half. And then we moved back to uh, Pisa in that area. Hmm. Uh, from there, um, moved up to Germany. Um, somewhere in there, when I was uh, in the States, that second time around was when I started my company, I'm a Mouse. Uh, I started this I'm a Mouse Technology Solutions. Uh, I was doing uh, some Linux stuff and security stuff as well. Uh, but over the course of uh, time, I've moved into just doing uh, solely security stuffs. Um, for vCISO, once again, um, it, I picked up a contract with a, uh, a nonprofit out of New York uh, by sheer luck. Someone contacted me via LinkedIn um, and said, hey, uh, we we need a security guy to help us with this web development project. I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. Tell me about it. And they said, yeah, it's only going to be a couple of months. Ten years later, I am still working with them.
0: (laughs) I mean, talk about attribution to a a social media connection.
1: (laughs) Honestly. Every contract that I have right now for, uh, for I'm a cybersecurity has been from that initial LinkedIn connection. Amazing. Everything has always been, you know, word of mouth. Uh, Hey, Scott, uh, this person needs, uh, can you help them out? Sure. Yeah. Um, And there's been several others that have been, you know, short-term gigs here and there, but uh, the long-term ones have all been from, uh, from that initial LinkedIn contact. And uh, which, when I look back at it now, it's just, it's amazing that, to, from that one contact that I've developed what I've, what I've got now. Um,
0: it is amazing. And there's quite a lot to dig in there too, because a lot of people who want to go out and start their own, you know, virtual CISO services don't know how to get started and worry that they only have one potential, you know, contract to get them started and whether that will last them for very long. So you're, right. you're telling people the story that yes, it can.
1: It can. Yes. And uh, it, Word of mouth, really. And then the contacts that you build from those connections, right? So, uh, for instance, one of the developers that was on the project initially left the project, went somewhere else for a little while. uh, And after he was on that new gig for a little while, he called me up and said, Hey, Scott, uh, you know, they really need somebody over here. Maybe you could talk to our CEO. And I'm like, Put me on the phone with him. Three months later, we had a contract. I mean, it's, it really can just explode if you're not paying attention to it. All of a sudden, people are coming out of the woodworks, right? When you think nothing is going to happen, that's when it does. And that was kind of the way it was for me.
0: Um, did you, did you, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, as I said, the, the vCISO side of it really kind of popped out of nowhere because I was working with this initial doing consulting, cybersecurity, right? Yeah. And um, the CEO is, is wonderful. Um very security conscious, uh, never had a problem with her uh, saying, no, we don't want to do that. Uh, if I said this is the right way to do it in security, it was okay. That's the way we're going to do it, uh, which is amazing really. But um, I'd been working with her for, I think four or five years when I came across the term v somewhere. And I read, well, it's a V-CISO. And I read through, you know, what, uh, what the description for it was. And I'm like, well, that's what I've been doing for the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's when I started marketing, you know, myself as as a Vizio, uh, and that's when the, you know the next the other two contracts came in as as ciso co- contracts. So, yeah, I, I, once again, I kind of you know fell into something. I'm like, wait, I, I'm already doing that,
0: right? Right? These things, right? So I have a couple of questions for you that I want to ask about that story. First of all, you said you had a conversation with the CEO and three months later, it turned into a job. I'm curious about your sales approach. Do you, when you have an initial conversation like that, are you just being helpful and not really pitching?
1: No, I, I, I was pitching okay. at that, that particular one um, because my inside guy, right? Mm-hmm. had said, listen, you know, uh, we've got these kinds of problems. This is what we run into. Um, so I kind of knew in advance in this case, uh, what to talk about and where to go with the conversation when I talked to the CEO. Um, and initially, he kind of pushed back a little bit. He wasn't sure. Uh, and then we talked again and he's like, you know, I, I really think we could use somebody. And then like a month after uh, they they signed the contract, somebody clicked on an email. Oh, man. And he was like, oh, I'm so glad we had you here, and it's been you know smooth sailing ever since then, right? because it's yeah. just, the perfect timing for that part of it. So uh, it, a lot of times it comes to the, having that fallback for the CEO to know that there's someone that they can talk to that understands the implications of the security side of it, whether right. it's, uh, you know, what what could happen from this? What's the worst case? And uh, I've been told that I'm very good at giving people the worst case and making them really worry sometimes. <laughs>
0: Uh, So the next question I have from what you said before is the minute you started marking yourself as a virtual CISO, did that change the inbound prospects that you were receiving? Like, did you start, did you see a a noticeable difference?
1: i have to say no, really, because I haven't really put an awful lot of effort into it at this point. Um, I do have another, these are side gigs for me for the most point right now, most part right now. Um, because I do have a, a contract job uh, with the government that keeps me over here in, in Germany at the moment. Mm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to push too much because if I get myself overloaded, then I can't be as good as I'd like to be for everybody. Right. Right,
0: right. Um,
1: and, and as you know, I, I do have one other side project that's already eating up a lot of my time as well.
0: I so. was going to wait. I was waiting for you to mention it. <laughs> Please tell the audience.
1: So, yes, it's a it's called V-CISO Catalyst. Um, and it's a It's really, it's just a, it's a community of like-minded V-CISOs, and uh, senior cybersecurity professionals. And uh, we're collaborating together to um, just make the internet a more secure place, really. Um, It's, uh, it started in the middle of the pandemic um, as a weekly roundtable call on, uh, on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And it was great because, you know, at that time, everybody was like stir crazy. Uh, And it was great to have other people to talk to, especially people that understood what you were going through and what you were working on and and the challenges of the job, especially in that time frame. Uh And when it first started, I kind of recognized the potential for where it could go. And um, the guy that initially started it, he had some personal issues and had to bow out. Uh, and uh, I kind of stepped up and helped organize things and worked with the other board members um, to organize things and get it kind of, moving in the right direction Uh, it took us some time Um, we've had some attrition in the board but uh, as of January this year we have an actual company Um, we incorporated uh, as a public benefit corporation uh, because our our goal is not to uh, make profit from what we're trying to do but to benefit the public being the virtual CISOs and uh, we have uh, bi-weekly roundtable calls Uh, once a month we try to have a speaker in uh, sometimes they're vendors, sometimes they're uh, folks that will talk to us uh, from the community about their experiences, um, different um, tactics for dealing with things, uh, different policies and whatnot, uh, just things that are of interest to the community itself. We'll frequently ask the community, hey, what do you want to hear about? Uh, and we try to pull in that type of speaker. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun, really, because you know we, we do a little bit of a social beforehand uh, before we have the, the biweekly calls. Uh, And now we're actually doing one every week, just at different times. We've got one at noon on Wednesdays and one at uh, six on the opposing Wednesdays. So six, sorry, four o'clock Eastern time on the opposing Wednesday.
0: Okay. how many members do you have now?
1: Uh, So on the email distribution, we have about 300. Um, Active on Slack uh, flows between 80 to 100. Uh, And right now, I think we have 20 members on the new website. That uh, that was just created, uh, to start bringing in membership dues and paying for some of this stuff, because what we want to do is build out, um, more than just a community, but an association. Um, ideally, uh, you know, my, my long-term vision is for it to be similar to the doctor's associations. You know, you, mm-hmm. you walk in and you see the, the, your dentist is a member of this association. It gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling that, um, this guy might know what he's talking about when he's you know talking about your dentistry, right? Right. Um, and, and I want V-CISO Catalyst to be that for V-CISOs, right? So a, a prospective client could look and say, "Oh, this guy's a member of V-CISO Catalyst. He, he's probably good." Then, yeah. right? And uh, you know, we've got a uh, hard set of code of ethics that uh, everybody that becomes a, a full member has to agree to, uh, and that's that's part of building that type of ethos for what we want in the future.
0: Love it. And so you are now running two businesses because as I unfortunately have the experience, uh, running a membership takes quite a lot of work and effort and not necessarily very lucrative (laughs) um, because it can be very difficult to turn membership into um, a paid membership, whether that's through memberships themselves being uh, on a paid basis or having some sponsors come in. How are you managing to pretty much what sounds like full-time businesses.
1: It's a challenge. <laughs> um, I, and now, I do have some help with the um, with MISISO Catalyst. It's not just me. Um, I have one other board member that's very strong. Uh, she does a, a great job with helping to, to bring in folks. That's uh, Donna Gallagher. Hmm. Um, and we're bringing on uh, some new board members as well. Um, We're going to start uh, asking the membership to help with some things as well, uh, including hosting some of the meetings, because right now I've been hosting them all, um, which, uh, of course, is a big time sink.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: But again, I I enjoy being there and and talking with folks. So that's really not that big of a problem. It's just time wise. Right. Um, Hopefully we can get the membership up to where we need several hosts to where we're doing multiple uh, calls in a week. Uh, That's that's another goal as well. Because uh, I feel like once you get more than 15, 20, 30, I think we've had about 40 people in a Zoom call once. Um, okay. and you get to a point where it's, especially with a roundtable, where um, you're trying to have everybody communicate and talk. It, it becomes difficult with that many people. So uh, we want to try to keep that manageable as well. Um,
0: That's true. But, yeah,
1: but uh, with, uh, with like managing Slack and that sort of thing, I'm going to ask the membership to do that. Uh, and initially, uh, we'll use, uh, if you're familiar with uh, the slicing pie method, I'm not going to go deep into that right now. Uh, but uh, we're just going to kind of share the equity uh, with of the company until we become to a point where we decide that it's profitable, which is uh, what the slicing pie is for. So yeah. as we bring on people, you know, members that will say, hey, can you write something for the website or maybe do some work for the website, right? They'll get some equity in the company
0: itself. Got it. Got it. Very interesting. And so you're you have two very different business models as well Then yes, that you're dealing with. You, you have your own sole. I assume, um, yes. I as a sole proprietorship, unless do you have anyone working for you?
1: Not at the moment. No.
0: Okay. And then you have catalyst, which is a membership with a board of directors and you're coming up with the, you're using the slicing pie sort of equity distribution model. So, you know, in terms of running two very different businesses, does that, it sounds to me like you're very much an entrepreneur. Is that something that is passionate that, you know, you're passionate about is, is constantly learning and changing and developing and growing. You know, is, is that why you're, you have two businesses that are so different that you're running?
1: Well, you know, that, that desire, um, to constantly keep learning and building on stuff is, is what got me into cybersecurity in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I went to Naples initially, right. I was, a uh, I took a job as a phone switch, managing a digital phone switch. And um, that particular phone switch is very old uh, because it's very stable. Um, And I think it took me all of maybe three or four months and I had understood everything that there was about it. Nothing was going to change about it. There was nothing else for me to learn. So I started building things to add on to it, right? but that was kind of what led me to the realization that I need to be in a field that is constantly changing because I get bored too fast. Right. So, yeah, um, the entrepreneurship, learning all the things you know, we went through a process of trying to decide what type of company to be, because initially we looked at becoming a nonprofit. But being a nonprofit is an awful lot.
0: You're it's, talking about it's, Catalyst it's,
1: now. Yeah, Catalyst. Yeah. Okay. So uh, with with Catalyst, uh, again, we initially talked about being a nonprofit. Uh, but you need a lot of people to be a nonprofit. It's expensive to be a non it, it really is. Yeah. is. Um, didn't want to be a for-profit because most of the membership was like, yeah, I don't know about giving you guys money and you're going to make money off of it. That just doesn't feel right, right? And and I understood that completely. I um, looked at co-ops, co-op had its own issues, right? And then I came across public benefit. Um, and that just seemed to be the perfect fit for what we were trying to do. Uh, so yeah, and constantly learning is is a big thing. Um, I also, like I said, I'm a Linux enthusiast. I'm always uh, tweaking different environments, playing with this, that, and the other. I maintain my uh, Red Hat Certified Engineer certificate mm-hmm. um, because I enjoy it. Um, I, I maintain an, uh, a container, a, uh, a Docker container okay. for uh, o- OpenFAS, which is a uh, open source vulnerability scanner. Okay. Uh, and, and that's just for fun. Um yeah, I know. I know right.
0: <laughs> really,
1: it <laughs> I is. It, I really enjoy that kind of thing. Right. It's it's the solving the problem. It's the well, why doesn't this work? And then, you know, you get someone else that's because it's on GitHub and people open issues. And then it's like, hey, this doesn't work for me. Why not? Um, hmm, let's let's work this out. Right. Um, so, yeah, the challenges, whether it be, you know, figuring out how to run the business or the technical problems. I have to say I enjoy the technical problems significantly more, um, but uh, the challenges of running a business are, are great, too.
0: Now, do you have any mentors? Because I didn't hear you mention any in your when you were talking about your past.
1: No, no. Company wise, no. I mean, there have been a lot of great folks, too many to mention, really. With uh, with catalysts that have been members within the community, um, uh, other board members that have stepped down since then, uh, that have been great mentors in, like, you know, hey, how about this, or you know, pointing, guiding, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, in the the various board meetings and whatnot. But uh, one individual no, not so much right now yeah. um, I've had mentors throughout uh, earlier when I was uh, contracting uh, hmm. that had a big part in um, helping me understand that world uh, but um this part of it has been the internet research <laughs> yeah and my wife my wife is a is a rock she helps me with research and uh, she's got you know double majors in in education and and literature right so
0: uh, oh, yeah, I very rarely
1: write anything without her, without her help as an editor at least. And that's what she does. So uh, she helps out a lot with that sort of thing and research as well. So she's wonderful for that.
0: Well, I I love I love anyone who mentions their spouse <laughs> as, as someone who's been key to their success because I I do believe those 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 who are closest to us really do uh, boost us up. So I have a question for you on the I am mouse side of your. Mm-hmm. Um, two businesses what is wh- give me something what is I am mouse's what makes it unique what are, who what's who's your target customer you know give us a little bit of the pitch there
1: so right now I've done most of my work with um developers website development teams for the most part um, I did come up with a uh, plan and I've implemented this with the uh the, the one larger client there of um doing uh, remote audits via Raspberry Pi Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, in short, I ship you a Raspberry Pi, or uh, in her case, uh, her she's because she has an MSP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I send the, the image for the Raspberry Pi to the MSP. Uh, they connect it up, bolt it into the network there. Uh, it connects back to me, and I'm able to do audits uh, of the systems there. Uh, in her case specifically, uh, they've got multiple segregated uh, networks. Uh, So we put one on each one and then we're able to verify the segregation and make sure everything is is, uh, separated the way it's supposed to be and that the MSP didn't uh, goof up the configuration at all. So um, (laughs) that I know there are some other folks that are probably doing something like that. I haven't seen anybody making a lot of noise about it, Uh, but uh, it's something that, you know, again, Linux enthusiast, I'm like, how can I use these Raspberry Pi things to do something really cool and make something out of it? And that's what I came up with.
0: So. That's really interesting because you know all of these data privacy laws are requiring an audit right specific, specifically for data privacy mm-hmm. or cybersecurity reasons. And generally speaking, every single contract license agreement that I have seen rec- has this audit right in it. I believe under GDPR is required to be in um, the contract or the data processing agreement or the SECs, depending on which one you're looking at. Anyway, my point is is that these audits. Are meant to have at least an annual right or after an incident type of right, and yet we only see very, very, very large enterprise companies exercising these rights. And my prediction is that they're going to come further and further down the chain pretty soon, if not. They need to. I mean,
1: it's a it's a critical part of maintaining the network, right? Not mm-hmm. just um, verifying that everything's configured and installed the way it is, but making sure you know what you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and that uh, ability to, to scan the network and look for, you know, the new thing that got plugged in by the guy down the hall. Right. That sort of thing. Yep. yep. Um, and that that's what that's ideally going to give us.
0: Yeah. I I mean, my prediction is that you could probably very quickly spin up a lot of business <laughs> once you... Once you're ready for taking on more business, I know you're you're quite busy, um, but I do recognize we're running close to the end of time here. I have a couple of other questions for you. Do you have any favorite cybersecurity or business books that you would recommend to our mm-hmm. audience?
1: Books, no, yeah, no, I, you know, it's hard. I mean, I I get most of my my info from podcasts. Um, yeah. you know, I listen to uh, the Cyber Storm Daily with okay. uh, from the Sands Institute. Almost daily, I, I miss some days. Uh, and then the cyberwire. Uh, those are my my staples for making sure I don't miss what's going on and understand what's uh, happening in the world with with security.
0: Oh, that's great. You know, I tried
1: I've... I tried using Twitter for that. Um, it just becomes too difficult. It's too all over the place. Hmm. Um, Flipboard is the other one. I usually spend twenty minutes or so half an hour on that a day scrolling through looking for what's going on, what's new, and that sort of thing.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. and I should
1: switch over and start using Chat GPT for that, right?
0: <laughs> well, Chat even if you even if you use chat GPT four, it's it it um only goes as far as 2021.
1: Right, right. So <laughs> I have to write my own try to go out and tell me what the latest experience. Yeah, exactly. Right?
0: Um do you have any other virtual CISOs you recommend I should interview for this podcast?
1: Um Yes, actually, uh, someone who's a story I heard just recently during uh, one of the Catalyst roundtables, Carlotta Sage. She's uh, got an interesting story to tell. I think you might uh, enjoy it. She's uh, traveling the world now. She's doing great things.
0: Well, I will. I will definitely reach out to her and thank you for that recommendation. It sounds like you probably have about three hundred virtual CISOs that I could just talk to <laughs> and growing very quickly. I familiar. can email. I don't know how many would reply, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today on the Virtual CISO Chronicles. It has been great talking to you. Can you please tell our listeners how they can find you?
1: Thank you, first, Caroline, for for having me, and uh, it has been fun. Uh, You can find me uh, on the web, uh, www.immauss.com is uh, the company, Um, or you can find me on Twitter. I do try to keep a look on it, uh, at I-M-M-A-U-S-S. Uh, also for Catalyst, uh, the website is uh, www.vciso.catalyst.c.a.t.l.y.s.t.org.
0: You know, we didn't talk about why you called your company I'm Mouse, and I'm regretting that we didn't talk about that because <laughs> I think yeah. it would be fun. Maybe we'll have you back and you can talk about it next time.
1: Next time, I like thank that.
0: Thank you. Yes, thank you, Scott. And to anyone listening, you can find all of our blogs in this podcast on our Substack and Apple Podcasts at the Security Expert Marketplace. So thanks again and take care.
1: Thank you.